we got another one because fish, we are alive and we've got a ton to cover. Our takes on who won and lost at the NFL draft. Uh, hint, Las Vegas was the real winner. Plus, Hardline has his NHL playoff prop bets and maybe some breaking news on Vegas and the A's a little later on in the show. Plus, you will get our top five sports moments of all time. And our special guest is one of the world's nicest guys, former major leaguer and Yankee broadcaster Ken Singleton. He will hit us up on early in the baseball season. Future changes in the game of baseball. Some NFL draft insight. That's right. He's got some pretty good insight on the Ravens. And also his upcoming celebrity golf event that you need to take a look at. Heidi's Hollywood explores a new series, or I should say a new documentary, on what really happened to Marilyn Monroe. Our schmuck of the week is an angry parent at a game, and who's got the swag goes old school in the USFL. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Daily Fish. John Daly here with Eric Snyder, a.k.a. Fish. We're coast to coast, coming to you from Las Vegas and Myrtle Beach. We talk sports, entertainment, and everything in between. And as we'd like to say, in ways nobody else will share with you. Fish, we are going to be rocking it here again tonight. I'm excited. Me too. Loaded show. We're kind of all in a hangover type state from the draft. It was amazing. <laughs> amazing. More than 500,000 people convened to see Hardline and Fish. And we, we did the best we could to accommodate everybody. And I'm... That's why they're all happy. That's why they're all happy. Hey, folks, you got questions or comments, drop it in the chat box. Or if you are not watching us live, email us at dailyfish1, the number one, at gmail.com. That's dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, it's time for the Daily Grind. First, Las Vegas was the clear winner at the NFL draft. And so were the workers that make Vegas happen. Fish, give us the economic boom and also some big tips. Economic boom, as I just said, 500,000 people came to town, and the forecast was, everyone, between 500 million and 550 million in gaming revenue and non-gaming revenue, it's going to be close to a billion. It's that wonderful. And how it affects me, so I work at Chuck's Tavern late night. Every night I work, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday late night, I had people come in from local casinos, which is 35 minutes off the strip, to eat. Hardline was there a couple of nights. You saw people in the bar. They came in to eat, staying at local casinos because they're here for the draft. Uh, great tips. I, I won't mention names, but maybe a guy who was a commissioner of the NFL walked into Joe Stonecraft, Joe Stonecraft. And I know waiters and I know our servers and bartenders all throughout town. I've been here so long. The bill, the bill maybe for 20 people was $121,000. The tip was $40,000, right? There might be some patriots that played maybe – a guy named Gronk and maybe, you know, maybe a guy that's coming back for his 64th year that were over Giada's <laughs> oh, Giada, the, the, the beautiful midget that's on the, the, oh, yeah. the food. Oh, the oh, she's great. Yeah. No, great restaurant. Right. Yeah. Maybe their bill was $50,000 between five people and a $20,000 tip. I cannot believe what servers and, and, and bartenders are telling me all week about the money they made from people in the NFL. And it's great because we have an NFL team here. And I want to. I don't be long-winded. We're going to get the Super Bowl in two years. It's wonderful for this city, and the economic boost that this city got makes us the number one city in the United States that's growing. I got to tell you though, Fish. My question for the NFL is this: How do you go from Las Vegas to Kansas City next year, where the draft is going to be? I mean, to me, there's going to be a lot of disappointed people. I think. Great restaurants. I've never been there. You have, right? 
No, I've never been to Kansas City. I've never been to Kansas City. Maybe I'll ask Carla. I've, I heard the restaurants there, the barbecue restaurant. There's a ton of great restaurants. Matter of fact, Jesse Hearns, we had on a couple of weeks ago, said, you watch, Kansas City is going to be the restaurant capital of the world when this thing comes in. You know what they do? They'll bring tents in and vendors. They, no, they're not going to have the kind of showmen. They're not going to have showgirls and hookers and strippers like we do. Maybe they will. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Everything's up to date in Kansas City, as I used to say. All right. Hey, the NHL playoffs start tonight with four games. Fish, give us your Stanley Cup finals. My Stanley Cup finals, and I'm not going out on a limb here. I like the Colorado Avalanche coming out of the uh, the West and the East. I love the Florida Panthers. I, I, I think both those teams are loaded. Uh, every team has three or four lines, if you don't know hockey, and the way they shift their lines are all great. Great goaltending. Uh, but there's a couple of there's a couple of matchups that are intriguing to me. Okay, the Kings and the Edmonton Oilers, and I'm a homer. You know, the first time the Kings have been in the playoffs in four years, I'm rooting for them. That can go seven games. But the biggest series to me that I, I can't wait to watch is is old school, the the um, the Rangers and the Penguins. It's going to be great. You know, and then Gerard Gallant, ex Vegas Knight coach that left, and everyone loved the guy. Turns the Rangers around. There's a lot of great matchups. What about you? I'm going to go with the Minnesota Wild and the Carolina Panthers, and partially just to piss off my Hartford friends who still think that the Panthers are the Hartford Whalers. Uh, and I have I have the Wild winning it all. And the reason I'm going this way, I agree with you. Uh, you know, the two teams that are at the top are really strong, but the NHL always in the playoffs, always there seems to be something that gets knocked off in a weird way. So uh, I'm kind of going kind of counterintuitive on probably what the the way I should be picking, but. Uh, Fish, before we go, let's stay on hockey. Do you have any advice for Golden Knights fans about the playoffs? I, I, I just give advice to all the, the, the people that come into Shucks and all my friends that have experienced hockey for the first time since we got this team in 2017, and they're spoiled. Went to the Stanley Cup in their first year. They went to the conference finals twice. They've been to the playoffs every year. This year they didn't make the playoffs, and I get this kind of statement. I'm not watching it anymore. The Knights are out of it. you got to watch. I grew up in an era with John. When I, I grew up, whenever my team's eliminated, I still watch. You need to help the sport by watching the playoffs throughout its entirety. Because you're doing that, then you are – you're not a – what did you say to me earlier on the phone, John? You're not a fan. You're a follower. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, good. I agree. I agree with you 100% on that. Okay, finally on the grind here, our top five sports moments of all time. These are personal. For me, you're going to give yours and uh, – one of these for me is a little bit of kind of braggadocious. So let me give you mine first. So number five, winning the Frank Sinatra Celebrity Derby in 2003, a two-man team event. I actually won it by besting in a chip-off Hercules, actor Kevin Sorbo. He was paired with, get this, actor Robert Loja, a great mob actor who, who has, sure. unfortunately, he's left us. Um, I was paired with supermodel Beverly Johnson. So that was kind of tough. How could I concentrate on hitting the ball? She was great. A great lady. Uh, we had a great time. Great memory for me and a nice trophy for me. All right. That's my number five. Number four. In 1990, the UNLV Running Rebels crushed Duke for the national championship. That Rebs team for me, Fish, is still in my top five of best NCAA teams. Number three. Tiger wins the 2000 Masters by 15 strokes. I continued watching it, even though you know what was going to happen. Number two, Super Bowl 42. Now, the Giants and the Patriots are my two favorite teams. The Giants beat the then undefeated Patriots. It was a great game. It was really a tough game to watch, especially if you're a Patriots fan. But if you're a Giants fan, you're okay with it. 
And my number one, the Red Sox winning the 2004 series for the first time in 86 years. Never at that time did I think I would ever see that. Now I've seen three more, but not this year. Fish, go for it. Give me yours. Well, I just, I just, I got the top of my head. You're talking about Beverly Johnson. You couldn't hit your balls or hit your ball. <laughs> I trust me, you were hitting your balls. But I, I don't want to go there. That's, that's a great, it's a great list. Mine is just moments. Okay. Well, uh, baseball. Quarter century ago, Cal Ripken Jr. You know, broke a record: 2,130 games by Lou Gehrig in '95. What was it, John? 2,632 consecutive games. It's insane. I don't think that's something we'll ever see again. Okay. Number four. I got a chance to watch Bo Jackson from 1987 to 90 play two sports and make the All-Star game and the Pro Bowl. It was insane. I was living in L.A. and he played in L.A. Kansas City Royals. He did 25, 30 home runs. And then go to the Raiders. He ran for 1,000 yards in eight games three years in a row, and injuries took him away. Three, Secretariat. Oh, won the one. triple crown in 1973 and blew out all the competition in the Belmont, Preakness, and Kentucky Derby by 50 lengths. Okay. The great thing about Secretariat is souls. I mean, his stud career was prophetic. I'm going to read here. This is his kids. General Assembly, winner of the 1979 Traverse Stakes. Lady Secret, 86 horse of the year. Risen Star, 1988 Preakness and Belmont Stakes winner. Okay. Jay Moore, great famous comedian, said in, nine, in was it 2015 Sports Illustrated in our top 100 athletes, Secretary was named seven. He goes, it's a goddamn horse. <laughs> you know. Okay, number two, <clears throat> Will Chamberlain. Not because of his great basketball prowess. He says he slept with 20,000 women. Did you ever read that book? 20,000. That's 10,000 more than daily. That's 2.3 women a day. Seriously, 20,000 women? Oh, my God, it's insane. And number one, baby, this is my greatest sports moment all the time. I got a video. Good one. Good call. Five seconds left. Do you, and Hardline, and now Heidi's around, but Hardline was. Favorite year. I, I agree. Hey, we're going to get a Ruzioni on the show, too. Mike Ruzioni, who was on that team, he was the captain of that team, and uh, he's he wants to come on the show. So we're going to get him on at some point. We're trying to get him on before the Olympics, so that's a good one. Good stuff, Fish. Good, good stuff. Hey, folks, tell us your top five sports moments. You can do it on Facebook or on our YouTube pages, and that is the Daily Grind. Folks, love having you here. Daily Fish is usually live on Facebook at daily.fish.5 on Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Pacific. But just for tonight, we're started at 7.30 Eastern. Don't worry, we'll be back at 6 o'clock next week. Watch us also on Facebook at Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. Check out Daily Fish on YouTube and Wingding TV, and you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon as well. All right, time now for the Daily Fish Hardlines. John Hardison has the podcast, The Cost of Winning, focusing on fantasy sports and sports betting. Hardline, welcome back, buddy. Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Hey, we are doing good. Hey, buddy, you nailed your prop bets for the NFL draft. Talk, talk about these, the over and unders on quarterbacks taken in the first round wide receivers in the first round, and how many Georgia defensive players taken in the first round? You got to run through them because I'm watching the draft. I'm going like, ding, ding, hard line does it again. Talk about it. Yeah, you know, especially with the quarterbacks, uh, we had this conversation before. I think it was just such a defensive-heavy draft, offensive lineman draft, that 
there wasn't any quarterback that I really saw that was a stud, even though we heard on different networks, uh, certain players like Malik Willis, uh, Kenny Pickett being hyped up. I, I didn't see them as first round material. I didn't see them as quarterbacks that were going to uh, revolutionize different franchises. But I do see guys that are going to be solid, maybe filler guys, uh, solid backup guys, role players for a very long time, especially in Malik Willis. Uh, kind of surprised a little bit in the Kenny Pickett pick, but it does make sense because of where he fell in terms of Pittsburgh. Homegrown guy, went to high school there, went to college there. So it's a great story for them to sell. Uh, with Georgia, you know, Fish and I had this conversation. Fish really thought Alabama was going to be that uh, that school that took over this year. And, I mean, those dogs came. I mean, five defensive players taken in the first round. And it's insane just to think of the first three picks were all defensive players. You know, normally if it's a quarterback that you think people move up uh, to grab that guy and just even with the wide receivers, I mean, you know, kudos to, and I give them a lot of credit in this draft that I've, I spoke off camera with fish, the Detroit lions for trading up to get Jamison Williams. I mean, what a pick at 12, you know, they, they got their guy at two and then they went in and address other needs at 12 and then they kind of filled in that back spot as well. So there are a lot of great teams that did. There are a lot of good teams that made themselves better by stockpiling draft capital and putting it to actually good use this year. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, I'm talking in the bar. It's like you hit it. Five Georgia, one quarterback when you said take the under. But, you know, talk about some of the other prospects. Talk about the, what you have for me. The first time a quarter, it's the first time a, a quarterback was taken in the only in the first round since 1997 that's wow go yeah, through so some of your go through some of your uh your 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 uh your bullet points here uh so yeah so definitely uh first this is the first time a quarterback's only been taken only one quarterback taken in the first round since 1997 surprisingly there were no running backs taken in the first round i thought that team was going to trade up and try and get a running back maybe kenneth walker and and congratulations to the Seattle Seahawks for holding tight and being able to get Kenneth Walker the third, who I thought was the best running back in the draft. I disagree with a lot of the analysts. I thought he was one instead of two. Uh, you know, I we called it. Aiden Hutchinson didn't go first overall. There was a scramble towards the end. Jacksonville decided to go with a different player. Uh, so if you bet on that, it, it paid out. And eight offensive linemen drafted in the first round. I mean, and if you took the over in that at seven and a half, you hit. I mean, that was just one of those things that a lot of teams need a lot of help. And I think a lot of people weren't look necessarily looking at hogs in the trenches i think they were looking at more skill positions on the outside and i think if you paid attention to that uh the order in which it was going the needs of different teams uh just looking at what your favorite team lacked uh last year i think was pretty prevalent of what needed to be taken and you know for those that bet congratulations to you you so know john you? what what go ahead no, I was just going to say, what, what, what team and, and Hardline, you kind of touch on this. What team do you, you think actually won the draft? I, I, kinda, I have the Jets. I think the Jets did a, a fabulous job in, in moving up and getting, they got Sauce Gardner from Cincy. Uh, they got Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver from Ohio State. Jermaine Johnson, the linebacker from Florida State. I think he was really underrated. Uh, then they got a running back. They got Brees Hall from Iowa State in the second round. What, what are you guys thinking? Who do you think won? For me, it's the Lions. I mean, the Lions are number one. Number two to me is the Philadelphia Eagles, especially pulling off that trade uh, to get A.J. Brown. I mean, no no one saw it coming until draft night. 
uh, hit. But, you know, the Detroit Lions are playing the long game, which is one of the the things that they haven't done in a long time. They've been in the win-now mentality or trying to stockpile things to just get people happy. And they're playing a slow burn. Look, we know Jamison Williams isn't necessarily going to start the season off. It's going to take a while for him to get back with that ACL, but he's such a talent that you just can't let pass. They address needs on the defensive line with Aiden Hutchison. Uh, they got Joseph out of uh, University of Illinois to help solidify that backside uh, with the guy that we got of Ohio State two years ago. So, you know, there's a lot of really good things that Dan Campbell did, a lot of character guys that he got to to balance out that locker room to bring leadership. Uh, you know, I'm really happy with them, and I'm really happy with what the Eagles did. I mean, you know, they've got Jalen Hurts. They've got A.J. Brown this year going forward. So the NFC East is going to be very interesting. I know a lot of people had Dallas running away with it, but it's become, become a little bit more competitive now. Yeah. Six, again, six wide receivers taking the first 18 picks. And I, you, you, you go on that thing, the New York Giants getting Thibodeau and Neal. They had 11 picks, and every one of their picks filled the hole. So Jets, Giants, and Eagles, all three East Coast teams that were, you know, that really did well in the draft. Hardline, let's go to some NBA props. Go. So, That's you know, awesome. this, so 76ers are now plus 2,000 to win it all. I think wow. that if they get in – I think if they get Embiid back, it's going to be a little bit more competitive than what people think. Uh, I know he's got that orbital fracture, but he's a competitor. I mean, like he's kind of the NBA version of a boxer. He, he'll he get in there. He'll get in people's face. I think once they get him back, it will make it better. So now's the time to definitely bet the Sixers. Uh, you know, I like there's a prop tonight for Dallas and Phoenix playing. Uh, CP3 and Luka. 20-plus combined assists, and I think it's going to happen. I mean, CP3 averages 10-plus assists wow. a game. Luka averages around eight, I think, especially with the flow of the game, that it's going to hit at plus 200. And I'm taking the under for the Suns game. I think that's going to go under 214.5. Okay, I'll bet you a fry basket on that. I don't. Just go on. I, 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 go, I go with everything. I think it's going to go over. So that's just me. Wow. That's why, hey, that's, so that's why we played the game. That's why you do it. Absolutely. So Hardline, anything on the NHL playoffs now that they're so, starting? So now that it's starting, uh, my favorite, you know what, I'll go with uh, Goldfish. I love Colorado, and I, I hate the Avalanche. I'm a guy from Detroit. I'll never root for the Avalanche, but I think they're the best <laughs> team in the NHL right now. And and I think in the East or in the Eastern Division, I think it's going to be Florida. I mean, they have manhandled teams all season. Very good, very strong defensive lines. Those are two. Uh, but keep your eye out for the series that I really like, which is Calgary versus Dallas. I think that that's a really good series. I think that's the best one right now that's going to happen. Uh, I'm taking Calgary to be up 2-1 going into the third or after the third game at plus 114. I just think that they're a very solid team. Hey, Harlan, real quick. How pissed off are Vegas people? They're pissed off. They don't want the Wild to win because Flurry's played great in the last part of the season. Mark Andre Fleury, and they're rooting. I keep rooting against the Rangers with Gallant. That's nuts. You know, I, I, just, I love Las Vegas. We live here. We got to educate more of our of our fans here. You know, wow. You know, it's just getting people. You know, getting our people on board. Like, you know, look, fish. You've missed playoffs for years as the Kings, and you're still there. I've missed playoffs recently as a ring as a Red Wings fan. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we're getting back with Iserman at the helm to, to get us back to those glory days where it's supposed to go. You know, Sir Stanley is supposed to be live and die in Detroit, and I'm hoping that we get him back. You got to be awesome. a fan. It's all going to turn around. Absolutely. All right. And that is the Daily Fish Hardline with John Hardison of the Cost of Winning Podcast. You can find him also on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcast. Hardline, thanks, buddy. We'll see you next week. See you guys next week. Thanks, buddy.
Hey, folks, you need a great golf getaway. The Myrtle Beach Golf Trail has dozens of courses along the Carolina coast. Set up an entire trip for yourself, your family, or a bunch of friends. The site is MyrtleBeachGolfTrail.com. You can play there year-round if you're coming down now. Oh, my God, it is so ideal down here right now. You want to be down in the Myrtle Beach area right now. All right, now it is time for something fishy. What do we have, Fish? Last week, we talked about the cell phone. I was talking with my brother about erectile dysfunction, and all of a sudden, I had three things come up on my phone for emails, right? I'm watching the USFL, probably one of only 17 people that watch it this weekend, baseball, and I was told by an advertiser that we have worked with that more manscaping uh, sponsors sponsor podcasts, and I saw a ton of manscaping commercials, and I keep track of this, right? And... It's for the hair in the back. Look, this is a manscaping tool for your nose. I get, no one wants the jungles of Vietnam going on their nose and their ears. And when you get older, this is what goes on. Okay. So now I started, I started to watch some women's golf. All right. And it's all feminine products. Okay. Why are there no manscaping tools for women? Maybe if they had manscaping tools for women, there wouldn't be feminine deodorant products being talked about. Now, people say, fish, don't talk about this. I am saying what you think. There has to be equal representation for women with manscaping tools, okay? I guarantee you, women get nose hairs. They get ear hair, okay? They they want their stuff looking like landing strips, and they don't want guys going down there with the jungles of Vietnam. So guess what? If this is going to be prevalent and prevalent on all TV shows that show men's sporting events, hit that buzz, and I'm going to get a couple of hairs right here as we talk. Get your ass on women's sports also. They deserve equal rights. I think you're right. Um, by the way, sorry, I was looking at my I, my bikini wax got canceled. So anyway, I'll tell you about that later. All right, folks, still ahead. We have our schmuck of the week along with who's got the swag and our special guest, former major leaguer and TV broadcaster, Ken Singleton. Now it is time for Heidi's Hollywood. She is Heidi Holliker, actor and producer who is deep in the entertainment scene with us every week. Heidi, you are binging something, and it's uh, actually about an icon that we lost way too early that uh, many of us didn't know because she died in the 60s. Talk about this. Talk about the uh, documentary you're watching. Yeah. Hey, guys. Great to be back. I watched Netflix's The Mystery of Marilyn Monroe, The, Un the Unheard Tapes. Now, this is, um, this, is, this is listening to the voices of her life, the people who were there, there during her life, there after her death. This is a woman who at 26 was the biggest star on the earth. At 36, she was dead. Why? Why? What happened? And, and it's fortune. Was it fortune? Was it depression? Was it, was it substance abuse? I mean, it was all of that. Uh, certainly. Um, she had a quote and I'm going to read it. Uh, she wrote, fame is fickle. And that's, you hear her say that. And it's, it's pretty fascinating because it really plays into 2022, what's going on with the celebrities now and what's always gone on. Nothing, nothing has changed. You get this white hot light on you and how do you handle it? How do you really handle it? I'll tell you, so I'll tell you how she died. It. I'm sorry? I'll tell you how she died. I'll tell you how she died. She slept with yeah. Sam G. and Connor, one of the biggest Chicago mobsters that helped fix the election for President Kennedy. She slept with Bobby Kennedy and John Kennedy. It's well known in the mm -hmm. Lincoln bedroom. God bless her. You know, there's a lot of people out there, conspiracy theorists, and John's a big guy. John knows all this conspiracy theory stuff that she might have been knocked off, you know, but she, her libido yeah. was very high. 
I mean, she was probably using one of these back in the day because that woman was absolutely phenomenally gorgeous. We all had a crush on her, but you know, I, I think I think Heidi that there could have been a little foul play with the the, the mobsters back then. What do you think, John? I, there's certainly a possibility, and I'm I'm dying to watch this documentary just to see if they give you any indication of that. Um, you know, the other thing about her, you know, she was with Joe DiMaggio, and you know, DiMaggio, if you even mentioned Marilyn Monroe. Uh, you know, to him or in front of him, he, he just, he cut you off. He didn't want to hear anything about that. He didn't want to talk about it. So he was very, very touchy about that. Um, so well, until, but, until his death, he would go and put a uh, flower. I don't know what flower on her grave yeah, every right, year, right. the year, I believe right. the anniversary of her death. And yeah. she was married. And this is something you find out in the documentary. She was married at 16. She had three, three marriages and three divorces by the age of 27 years old. And she was forced to marry someone at the age of 16. She had a, she had a very difficult childhood and your childhood trauma stays with you. And that's what fed into that, that kind of adoration and, and her demise is, is tragic. And it's, again, it's happened to look at all the musicians that died at 27. Um, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, and then look at Prince, look at Michael Jackson. It's, it's sure. a, I don't know, I don't know why the pressure, but the pressure is enormous. And if you don't have that solid grounding, which most human beings don't, you know, how do you survive that? Well, and it's tough. You're under a scrutiny. And, uh, you know, you know, luckily Fish is the only one that's gotten through it uh, out of the Yeah. Field. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. right. with, manscap with manscaping and epidurals baby that's how you do it well, I, I tell you I, I, just a point on women we we don't get hair in our ears just so you know we don't, we're, uh -huh. we're, we're, you don't. i've never seen a nose hair on a woman but god john jesus you know john and oh. i've been in me we were we went to meeting with a guy named jimmy camito may he rest in peace hottie yeah he had so many hairs coming out of his ears oh. and his nose you just want to go up to the guy and go get, get the fuck over you know he's a mob guy but you, Heidi, you, want, you, you, want, you want to talk about something else? We, I do. I want to talk about, uh, I've been listening to the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. I've been, wow. it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's devastating to, to all of your dirty laundry to be airing everything. Um, I, I wouldn't have, you know, he has a defamation lawsuit. She did something. He did something. There's just so much, but to have your entire life played out in the public on camera, it's yeah. um, again, it all plays into back back Merrill um, in Maryland's days. It's a yeah. very, it's a very tragic uh, experience when and you get that kind of Why do you think Deb Heidi would want this to come out? I mean, he looks like he looks like a bad porno star in this whole thing. His face is bad. He's a handsome guy. There's no sexier guy than him in what's eating Gilbert Grape with the long hair. Girls, uh, now he looks like he, he's pathetic looking. And I think it's pathetic that this comes out. They have enough paparazzi on them. I, I'm kind of appalled by it. What about you? Well, it, it's he's he's trying to um, protect his, his reputation. He's being accused of doing something that he's stating he never did. That he was he is not a wife beater. That he does not abuse women, has not abused women. All of his former love's... I've, I've also come out over the years and said he's he doesn't do that. So, you know, what do you do, Eric, if uh, John, if if 
if your spouse, ex-spouse puts your puts you out there and says, you've you've beaten the crap out of me, you've destroyed me, and none of it's true. How do you defend yourself now? Would you go on trial? Would yeah, you counter? Well, that, that's the thing. You know, we bring that up real quick. Kevin Spacey had his whole career ruined, mm -hmm. and then the kid came out on trial and said, I lied. But people still hate. I mean, so because we always look at the way we always take the, the the you know the victims right, and we have a lot of NFL players going through right now. Deshaun Watson. You, I I always wait mm -hmm. till the final mm -hmm. verdict comes out. What about you, John? Yeah, no, I think you have to. I you know, and certainly it's unfortunately it's entertainment because we're watching this stuff. Yet at the same time, too, you know, you've got to hold judgment until you find out exactly yeah. what's happening. We what we're seeing in baseball with Trevor Bauer as well. So uh, and it's very the, painful. And I don't think it should be today, televised. I was going to say it's real quick today because of social I media. For Heidi, I got a question for Heidi. Yeah. Did Will Chamberlain ever hit on you? Because he was on the set of, of Valley Girl. And, uh, <laughs> oh. it, it just wink, wink twice if you're not one of the 20,000. We dated for two years. It was wonderful. <laughs> wow. He's a little older than me. If you had him exclusive with that pretty face for two oh years, my God. That's, that means that's the rate goes from 2.3 to 5.6 women. He stuck with 20,000 women. I know. Possible. So I hear. That means, I mean, I that means he was stuck with every one of the girls on the Valley Girl set and probably Lee Purcell five times. Don't say that about my girl Lee. I love Lee Purcell. <laughs> If I were Will, I would have to ten times. I'm not Wilt. You know? No, 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 no. All right. Well, no, there, we, we, we've done it. We, we've, we've gone from Maryland to Johnny Depp to Wilt Chamberlain, and Heidi has done it again. All right, folks, that is Heidi Hollywood. She's with us every week. Check her out on Facebook and Instagram. Heidi, thank you so much. Great job. Thank you, guys. Mwah. Great job. We'll catch you. All right. Now it's time for our Schmuck of the Week, Fish. Who has Let me been get to the icon first. We, we go kind of quick. Here. Oh, yeah. I was, I was reading it slow so you could get the icon up there. Sorry. So. Yeah. Thank you. I just want to get the icon. John, <laughs> this is the fifth time we've, we've dealt with something like this. And wow, look at that. Look at the face on this woman. Yeah. Okay. When it comes up, that's horrible. That's the youth softball umpire in Mississippi, uh, an irate parent assaulter. This is ump Christy Moore. The, Incident happened on Saturday, April 9th, and she was umpiring a 12 and under softball game. All right. Wow. A member of the child uh, said a Kara Thomas allegedly began yelling profanity, saying, I will slap the F-U-C-K out of you, bitch. And Chris is calling the game. And she goes over and knocks her out. I mean, come on. Really? This is the fifth time on Daily Fifth you've had a show parents going after umpires or other parents. And it's a bad example for the kids that have to be there. And it's yeah. going to get on social media nowadays. It happened in our era in the '70s, but it never got on social media. You're an idiot. And and to that to the to the parent, you, you have to be suspended forever. You can't have a you can't have be at any of your kids' games. What do you think, John? No, and they're suspended, but you should also be arrested. That's assault, and it's sure. assault on somebody that's doing something that's being paid to do something for the public. So no, I, I think it's good, and we're going to keep putting them that stuff up there to embarrass people, and hopefully people good. will also be aware of it as well. All right. Cool. And that is our schmuck of the week. All right. Now we go to who's got the swag. Who's got the swag? Who are we toasting this week, Fish? I, you, know, I, you and I are really on, on the USFL because it goes back to the 80s and, you know, it's spring folly. But check out this guy. It's a short video. Check this out. John, I always talk about this. Singles don't know about this. He's smoking at practice? 
He got loads of attention after video appeared to show him with a cigarette in his mouth during practice. He plays for the Houston Gamblers of the USFL, and he said he tweeted about the issue and said, like the old school ballers in the 60s and 70s, they were the toughest, meanest son of a bitch on the field and dragging a whole cigarette. You can buy these from Spencer's in your local mall. We go back to watching Don Coriel, Tommy Prothrow, and Kenny Staver smoking on the sidelines. This guy smoked at practice. When we get Singleton on him, remember, there's a guy, Jimmy Leland, that used to manage for the Pirates. He had a cigarette in his hand. Bobby Valentine, yeah. the cigarette in his hand was great. You know? Yeah. So now, hey, if you need to smoke yeah. that bad, smoke it. Uh, you know, Carl Yastrzemski, he used to smoke in, in, in the dugout. But at the same time, too, we don't want people smoking. So the fact that he's kind of doing kind of a, you know, but let, let's Unless make sure Ricky, people Ricky, just, Williams, I, Ricky Williams, I know you're watching. <laughs> we want you smoking. <laughs> it depends what you're smoking. That's for sure. Right. But uh, and yeah, and I just I just hope his uh, healthcare company doesn't see him doing that. So anyway. All right. That is our who's got the swag and our drink of the week. Who are we going to to? Well, we're going to I know who we're going to toast. But what is our drink of the week and what are we sipping? OK, this is I'm going to we both got our thing. This is Charles Woodson's. Charles Woodson's now in the whiskey business. Raider Hall of Famer, Green Bay Packers. This is his this is his bourbon. 90 proof. It's phenomenal. And we're going to do a toast to Kenny Singleton. Come on, get in the goddamn picture. To Kenny Singleton. There you go. There and to you all, all hard lines, great picks. He went 90% of his props. And to defense. All the defensive guys that got drafted. You know, you always think with the quarterbacks, John, and the wide receiver. But this is a defensive draft. To hard line, Kenny Singleton, and to defense. Salute. Ah. Cool. Good cool. stuff, Fish. Woo! Right? So our Daily Fish Drink of the Week is sponsored by Shuck's Tavern. In Vegas, great seafood and drinks in two locations. Head to Shuck's Tavern on North Durango on the northwest side of town where fish is overnight. Say Daily Fish Podcast, you get a free drink. Do it the next day, a free appetizer. That is Shuck's Tavern. Check out Shuck's Tavern on Facebook and leave fish a $20,000 tip. There we go. All right. Let's bring on our man, Ken Singleton. He is a former major league player with the Expos, Orioles, Mets, and Yankees. This is his first season after retiring from the Yankees broadcast booth. He's preparing also for his annual celebrity golf tournament coming up in a month. Kenny, welcome back to Daily Fish. Oops, can you hear us? Oh, you got to, I think you got to unmute you yourself. Audio, Kenny. Can't hear you, Ken. Actually, everybody says this is the way. You know, I can read his lips, John. You know what he's saying? That's a wonderful manscaping instrument. You know, we have a thousand of those in the Yankee clubhouse. So. You got, I think you're now, you're now there, Ken. You should be. It shows unmute. Uh-oh. Did this ever happen at a Yankee broadcast? No. Never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah when, they, when they stink, they did. Back in the 80s, all you had was Don Mattingly. You know? <laughs> I want to go back to Heidi. Heidi was great, man. That was a great insight, man. That was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. You know, Kenny, we'll keep trying to get it, and we'll, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll get you back in here, buddy. <laughs> All right. Try and work on that. We're going to take you out, and then uh... you there. Okay, right, so look, he's got we'll it take again. you out. If you think you got your audio, give us a thumbs up, Kenny. Okay. I think I think it's on his um, it's on his computer. He might not have right. the microphone plugged in there or not, so he can't hear. He can't hear. Now you can hear. We can't hear you. Yeah, we can't hear you. 
Yeah, he's talking about Heidi too. I, 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 you think Kenny hung out with Will Chamberlain? That'd be really cool. Great stories. Yeah, yeah. Kenny was a yeah. Kenny was a single guy in everyone in Montreal back in the seventies. Montreal has the best looking women, besides the Valley Girls, in North America. Can you imagine that handsome guy walking around Montreal back in the day in the seventies when these tools were never even thought of? You know, well, everyone was Vietnam back that, down there. Yes, oh, John. We lived in the 70s. It was great. So now he's leaving us because he's uh, like, so I think he's going to get he's going to get one of his sons uh, to possibly being able to do that. So we'll we'll get back to him in a second. But we we got a lot of things that we definitely want to chit chat with him about. So what do you, what do you want to talk about now, Fish? Until we get Kenny back. I want to talk about how uh, the, the the USFL really screwed up. The ratings are decent. But you're finding out when Birmingham plays, they're sold out. And when the other games are there, there's 10 people. You know, that yeah. the whole teams, the Pittsburgh Maulers, the Georgia Generals, they're all playing because they're trying to save money in one venue, right? So the ratings are decent. They're not bad. And the games have been terrific. This last weekend, the games were terrific. And as, as far as um, the play, last second field goals, great quarterbacking. But again, you know, it's it's hard to watch a game with no fans in it. We did during COVID, but yeah. we knew that. And they they remember they pumped in the, the fan noise. It's great. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I think they made the bet of let's just do it all down in Birmingham. And I think they were hoping people can bend. I think you had to do it. Nothing against Birmingham. Birmingham's a great, great place. But it's not like people will go there as a tourist area, especially during the summer months or the warmer months. Um, so I think they kind of eh, – um, they kind of made a bet, and it just didn't uh, it didn't work out. But uh, we let's, will let's see. Go, John. Let's, let's bring in Heidi and John, and I got a question for both of them. We can expound on maybe. Is that cool? Can get uh, Kenny back in? I gotta go. Oh, on the phone now. Hey, what's going on? So we're Hello? waiting. We yeah. for a second. So I, want, I want to bring you guys in on this conversation. Um, we were going to do a segment with Heidi about Star Treks of, uh, of, of People Magazine. Yeah. And my thing, Hardline, if you ever read it, your wife reads it. My wife's a People Magazine addict. I don't know about Terry John's wife, but People Magazine is the number one publication out there. Not to be long-winded. And when we were younger, the National Enquirer. People love to talk and look at celebrity. Heidi, you being yes. one of them, and Hardline is a celebrity at Chuck's, and John on airplanes is terrific. I'm yeah. smart. But when you look at People Magazine, and you see these people knocking the paparazzi out of the way, don't they want to be seen, Heidi? Isn't it the whole thing you're uh, out there when they show Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez getting a, a, a coffee or Beyonce and Jay-Z, you know, when they're out there? I mean, it just it aggravates me that they, they basically this, don't want to be seen, but they want to be seen. Double-edged yeah. sword. You know, they need the paparazzi. Paparazzi certainly needs them. It, it, it When you open that up and you're that famous you're going to be approached. You're going to have it. It's going to be everywhere. I've never had that experience myself, fortunately, but it's, it's, um, it, it comes with the territory. So when you go out anywhere outside of your home, you have to know you're going to be photographed. You're going to be harassed. I'm not saying it's right that you're going to be harassed, but yeah. What, what do you guys think? I mean, no, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's a double-edged sword and you're right. It, it helps grow someone's brand. The flip side is that you're getting a lot of people nowadays that are using like telescopic lenses and, and mm -hmm. you know, hacking into people's phones. And it's crossing that line at certain points where you're like, you know, 
I'll gladly post for a picture. I'll give you a thumbs up. You can post it, Instagram, uh, TikTok, it, whatever you want to do. But, you know, let me do this, you know, first. Like, I'll give you the perfect example of a guy I love, and he's very, very good at taking pictures, uh, Barry Sanders. And he was actually here in Vegas over the weekend mm-hmm. for the draft. If you yeah. see Barry Sanders, and I've ran into him a few times, if people look around the corner, he'll just say, hey, you just want to take a picture. You want to, you know, high five, whatever you want to do. I'll sit here and do this for you if you let me get back to what I'm doing. It's a quick exchange, two minutes, and I get to go on. Yeah. True, true. But it's you're, you're talking about that times 100. Uh, when I was working for Rick Baker and we were doing an event, I remember Rick was walking, special effects mm-hmm. artist. He was walking. It was a big, big conference. And two guys didn't know that I was his assistant. Two guys standing next to me saying, hey, why don't you throw something at his back? That'll get him to turn around. And I just hey guys, 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 we got we got Kenny, we got Kenny, and let me. I hate to cut you oh, off, but we got Kenny. Right. We have limited time. We'll see you at the Hang end. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Sorry, Heidi. Kenny, can you hear us now? <laughs> we still can't hear you. <laughs> I got I I I got the best looking Charlie Chaplin I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Oh, all right, let's get him out again, and we'll get uh, we'll we'll try Hi. to get him back in here. Yep. Hi. Hey, hey. Hi. Hey. your thought? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Heidi, well, I got saying? a question I didn't for you. I'm going to cut you off like that, but I really have limited time. Yeah. You, so, um, hey, Heidi, did did Rick do coming to America as well? Were, were you yeah. Yeah. talking about to America? The original, yes, yes. Okay. The original and the and the um the the Caucasian Jewish man in the bar the barber <laughs> shop that's of course Eddie Murphy and that was based on Rick Baker's father-in-law, which is hey, pretty Fish. cool. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Fish, can you say wait, velvet? Wait, 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 go back. What you're profiling Caucasian Jewish man? You look black to me. There's black Jews out there. There are Nigerian Jews everywhere. I don't, I'm going to get the hate mail on this, Heidi. You're a beautiful woman. It's, you know, I, I retract what Heidi Holliker just said. There are black Jews out there. Look at Hardison. That the, the character <laughs> in the barbershop who happened to be the only Caucasian in that scene was Eddie Murphy. He looked black, he looked black the, to me. Sorry. <laughs> the Eddie Murphy looked black to me. He was a black Yiddish Jew. He would say, what do you know about Joe Lewis? God damn it. He was the best exactly. black ever. That's exactly how he sounds. But he was black. You know, imagine Hardison doing what I just did. That's Eddie Murphy in that film. All right. Well, yeah. far be it for Wait. me to say anything else. <laughs> let's see. Let's see if, Ken, if Singleton's going to come in with us right now. Let me. Uh, Kenny, you feel there? Can you Kenny, talk. He's oh, great. So, let's, let's, leave him, let's, leave him, let's leave him in there. You can do sign language while we talk. Do this, <laughs> Kenny, say hello to Hardison and Ivy. Hey, Kenny, make believe you're coaching third base, you know, and, 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 and Heidi's up at the plate, and Will's hitting on her from the from the first row at Dodger Stadium. So, so Kenny, well, we're going to stay with you and keep you in the queue. I think it's funny. And Just keep you in the queue and then try to work it. Yeah, try to work it. But we're going to continue with these are Kenny. Last time you came on, we didn't have these two great people. These are part of part of the uh, Daily Fish crew, and they've added a lot to the show. Um, as you, you saw Heidi earlier, one of Will Chamberlain's two-year tryst, and then this is John Artisan. Guy was 68%, Kenny, 
68% in NBA in the, in the NFL as far as uh, handicapping. It's amazing. Okay. And people walk into my bar, Chuck's Tavern, and say, where's the good-looking guy? And I think they're talking about Daly. I'm talking about him. You know, nothing about me. I'm the schmuck. So, Kenny, <laughs> just do the sign language. We're going to our conversation. So, when you talk about paparazzi, Heidi. Yes. You, see, you walk the red carpets, and you see these people that kind of shy away from the cameras. I don't believe one actor or actress. And, John, you've been around, uh, Daly, you've been around a lot of actors and actresses. You, you two. Daily and Heidi have been around more actresses and actresses and actors, actors and actresses than I have. I've been around a lot. Okay. There's not one that's shy for the camera, but they act it. Isn't that a horse shit? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, what's trippy is when you are with a celebrity and you're walking the red carpet and all of a sudden all the cameras go down when they see you because you're not, you're not there, the one that they want. <laughs> that, that feels a little weird. But it so happens. Kenny, Kenny, not up and down. You've been to celebrity events and what have you. So when you were you were hanging out in Montreal in the 70s, the, like I said earlier, one of the best-looking cities for women. Did Antonio Fargus that played Huggy Bear on Starsky Nutch ever hang out with you? <laughs> you go clubbing? No or yes? Okay. That's a no. So when you played a celebrity golf tournament with Daly, did all the girls, did all the older women, you know, maybe the Caucasian Jewish women that were over 70 go after Daly instead of looking at you? Yes or no? <laughs> hey, Daly, that means fun. Manta, manta. Uh, this is good. This funny. is nice. You know, you know what's good about this is that Harlan made a great point about Barry Sanders. A lot of NFL people. NFL did a great job, job Singleton. And you know, John's with me in Las Vegas. Hardison, Daly's obviously Myrtle Beach. Heidi's in, in Hollywood. But Vegas put a great show on for the draft and brought a lot of ex-NFL people. I know this. Athletes love hard line to hug for the camera, no matter if they're old school athletes. I mean, Daly does a ton of celebrity golf tournaments with athletes all the time. They love the camera. And I, I have a problem with actors and actresses that work for the camera, don't like the camera. Hardline, talk to me about that. I mean, you know, as, as they say, like athletes want to be actors, actors want to be somewhat athletic. You know, everybody, everybody wants to be in a different realm in which they you know they're not in. And for I think for celebrities, it's it's the idea of it's too much for athletes. It's never too much. I mean, you've grown up in this limelight and the spotlight all the time for being on, uh, you know, uh, U.S. Army football teams, all star teams, AAU teams. You know, you want people to see you. The more people see you, the better it seems like you are and the better endorsements overall that you get. You know, Jordan loves limelight. He loves to be the guy that that's getting all endorsement money. And then you have someone that's Charles Barkley that's like, I'm not, I'm not your kid's hero. Don't don't look out here. I'm not a model. I'm a guy that's out here to play basketball, and I'm I might fight someone, you know, and 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 see how it goes. <laughs> I think right. it, Actually, it also. So I, I'm sorry. I think it's also if someone has their children with them. That that's that's a fine line because the, and and if they're just running out to their car to drop their kids off at school and they're being followed, that isn't cool. And and that's again, it go it goes with with it. It's tough. All right, I want to change subject here about groupies. Hey, Ken, head head up or down? In the seventies, when you were going on road trips, good-looking guy like yourself. It's the seventies. You're playing baseball. You go to hotels. All right, you had to have groupies. Was there groupies that followed you places and you had a Go in a hotel bar and say, you know what? I'm married. I don't care. I mean, you had to have up, shake head and up and down. Shake it. Groupies, yes or no? 
Yeah. Oh, he's taking the fifth. He's taking the fifth on that one. Come on, man. I, I, know, I, I know for a fact, of the five of us, I've seen two people that have groupies. Daily, I was on a plane with, and two women thought he was Pierce Brosnan. I said he was. I was his agent. But I said, you want his autograph? They said, no, if it's Tom Selleck, I can do it. Harlan's got groupies at Chuck's Tavern. You know, I don't. Heidi, what about you? Have you ever had groupies? Um, have I had groupies? Uh, I don't think females, we don't get groupies. We might get admirers, but I don't know about the groupie thing. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Right. Hold on a second. Yeah, I, I, got, I got Kenny to try it on the uh, iPhone to see if that works. Kenny, can you hear us? Yes. Can you hear me? Kenny. All right. Yeah. 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 We made it happen. Oops. Yeah, there, there go. you go. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Keep it sideways. Hey, first of all, welcome to the show. You can say hello to, to Heidi and Hardline as well. Um, good evening. Good evening. Good evening. I've learned a lot just by listening. <laughs> <laughs> so was it is were the broadcast with the Yankees as easy as getting on here? Uh, we had many technicians who were paid very good money to get the job done, and they usually did. <laughs> That's good. Hey, there's so much stuff we want to hit you with. We we talked about the we were talking about the draft. Uh-huh. Uh, you're in Baltimore with the Ravens, and I, I just think um, John Harbaugh does a great job at the draft. I think he did a great job this year. What what, what did, what's your take from what you were watching? Well, uh, they usually do. I think I read something not too long ago that the, over the last five years they felt that the Ravens organization uh, had the best drafts year in and year out. Uh, that they seem to uh, come up with the right players and fill their needs and uh, just make good picks. It, it shows that their scouts are doing a pretty good job. They went out and got the safety from Notre Dame, number one. Yeah. And uh, it, it's not as though he's going to play safety with the Ravens. He might be playing all over the place. So he seems to be a very uh, adaptable player and something that uh, the Ravens needed. And uh, it might be able to help them save money in other areas. So we'll, we'll see what happens with them. I um I'm a big Ravens fan, as you know, John, uh, living here in Maryland. Uh, we, we had to deal when the Colts left. Uh, we didn't have a team for a number of years, and we finally got the Ravens, and the, the town is really all in on them. Hey, Kenny, how are you? Good to see you again. Thank you. Yeah, I got a question for you. Uh, uh-huh. John and I, actually both Johns and I are trying to save the sport of baseball, and, and one of the guys you played in your era, Doug Flynn, I asked him flat out on the podcast, is baseball, can you salvage it? And he said, no, because of the powers that be. We just saw the impasse, uh-huh. you know, and I think that we really need a pitch clock to help the speed of the game. Do you agree? Uh, I think you need certain things to speed up the game, but I, I'm not so sure that uh, a pitch clock will eventually work. And the reason why I say that is because wow. they use it in the minor leagues, and all these pitchers are in the major league now that eventually are going to retire. So the kids coming out of the minor leagues will be used to pitching under a clock situation, and they will work faster. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so I, I just think that, you know, pitchers like uh, Kershaw and Scherzer, eventually they'll be gone in a few years. And these kids who are going right. to replace them from the minor leagues have been working underneath the clock. You know, and it, it kind of reminds me, you used to see a lot of players chewing tobacco in the major leagues years ago and then even smoking cigarettes. Well, they ban those from the locker rooms in the minor leagues, and you very rarely see anybody chewing tobacco. It just doesn't happen anymore. I mean, to me, I didn't do it when I was playing. It was a nasty habit. And like you said, Montreal is a good town. You don't want to go out with tobacco on your breath. 
<laughs> Kenny, yeah, that's for sure. Kenny, we're seeing, especially Montreal. Uh, yeah. Kenny, we're. Uh, I'm seeing some of the research says on the pitch clock that they're uh -huh. seeing a lot more stolen bases. Are you seeing that? And if so, would that change the game a lot more? Would that be better for the game? Yeah, I think it would be. Uh, I think what you're seeing, too, supposedly one of the rules they're going to bring in, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but supposedly a pitcher can only throw over the first base twice. Yeah. And if he doesn't pick the runner off on the third one, it's a balk, and the runner gets to go to second anyway. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to speed up games. Uh, I, it might lead to more stolen bases. I, that, that's what I, mm. I think will happen. Uh, and more action. I think they're trying to get more action. It, there's just been too many swing and misses the last few years. Strikeout totals have gone through the roofs. Uh, and to me, if you get uh, sort of like a, a borderline fan go out to a ballpark and all he's watching is players strike out, I, I don't think that's going to make them come back again. Uh, Kenny, how do we get more kids that are in low-income neighborhoods to get involved in this sport? It, it, when we were all younger, yep. Little League was the greatest thing there is, and now more kids are playing soccer. Are we, are we seeing the demise of baseball with the youth? Because we just can't get kids interested. It's too expensive. How do we yeah, get more kids to play? Yeah, that's that's a good question because uh, outfitting a baseball team is kind of expensive. Uh, it's become more of a suburban game as opposed to an inner city game. I mean, when, you, when you've got a basketball, you can go out and play by yourself if you want to. I mean, you, you don't have to necessarily be in a pickup game or anything. Uh, no. In baseball, you need at least – how many people to play a game? Yeah, it yeah. has to be. You have to be in organized leagues to to do it. And uh, to me, one thing I'm encouraged by the major leagues has the RBI program, uh, trying to uh, uh, get baseball back into the inner cities. And I, I'm starting to see uh, more black athletes being drafted in the higher rounds. Uh, say a, a pitcher like Hunter Green of uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he had a game last week where he threw 30 pitches over 100 miles an hour. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, a couple yeah. of years ago, he was the number one draft pick uh, out of California. And uh, he's been worth it for the Reds. They didn't know whether he was a shortstop or a pitcher at the time. They made him a pitcher, and I think that was the right move. I mean, he throws hard, but he needs experience. But I think you're going to see more of that in the future, at least I hope so. Uh, I, I know my grandson uh, – uh, loves playing baseball, but he also loves playing football and basketball. So I, I don't know which way he's going to go at this point. Isn't 100 miles per hour, isn't that very rare? Uh, yeah, Heidi, that, that's very <laughs> true. Not many pitchers throw that hard, but, or throw that fast. Right. But you're seeing more and more pitchers throw 95 plus. And when I was playing years ago, uh, that was kind of, that was like the Nolan Ryans of the league. There weren't many of them around. Most pitchers threw sinkers and sliders, and they, they were thrown in the low 90s. Well, now, you know, these kids have better training. Uh, they've been uh, – uh, they work out with weights more than we did. So it's more power, power hitting and power pitching, and that leads to a lot of strikeouts. So uh, I, I think that, uh, uh, you know, it, it didn't seem like it would be fun to be a hitter nowadays with all these pitchers thrown so hard. Yeah, but, uh, that, that's what you're going to get. You, you kind of get to, attuned to it, I guess. And, you know, you can turn it around. If a pitcher throws a ball in the middle of the plate, it doesn't matter how hard it's thrown. A major league hitters can turn it around. Yep. The faster comes in, the faster it goes out. Well, so, yeah. Kenny, for, for some reason, we're running out of time here. I don't know why, but I, I want to <laughs> ask you about the Ken Singleton Celebrity Golf Classic yeah. that's coming up in early June. Fill us in. 
Yeah, uh, this is going to be, I think, the 13th year we're doing it, John. And you've been a big part of it in the past. And we, we certainly uh, appreciate your help over the years. Uh, of course, we uh, help uh, kids who are dealing with cancer uh, and their families. Uh, all the uh, services that the cool kids provide for the families and the kids are free, uh, like tutoring. Uh, when kids are getting their uh, treatment, a lot of times they miss a lot of school. And so we bring in teachers and uh, student teachers, and they, they tutor them right at the Cool Kids Clubhouse in Towson, Maryland, uh, which is not too far away from where I live. And uh, they, they, they do a good job. We also have newsletters that go out to kids in hospitals. Uh, we have gift baskets. Uh, the golf tournament raises money. And uh, we have several tournaments around the country. So uh, it's, it's, it's been going pretty good. It's been uh, a lot of fun watching the smiles on the kids when they go to Christmas parties or Halloween parties. And uh, just their families. And they have uh, we have nights for the parents where they can go out and they'll we'll babysit the kids at the uh, clubhouse. And it's just, uh, it kind of warms my heart because uh, both my parents passed away from cancer. So, uh, but they live long lives. When you see kids dealing with this, uh, with this cancer issue, it's, it's, uh, it really tugs at your heart. So I'm glad that uh, I've been a part of it for so long, along with Chris Federico. Of course, Rob Belanger was there when I, I first started. And unfortunately, Rob has passed away from cancer too. Uh, his dad was a teammate of mine. Uh, the great Mark Belanger, yeah. tremendous healing shortstop, and he yeah, died from cancer as well. But uh, he was a heavy smoker, and uh, I remember yeah. trying to convince him many times to, you know, you know, quit smoking. He couldn't do it. Wow, wow. So Kenny, so the best place to go is CoolKidsCampaign.org. Yes, they can find tournament. Uh, can people still come and play in the tournament coming up in uh, June second and fourth? Yeah, we're, we're it's the fourth through the sixth, and we're getting kind of uh, we're getting kind of uh, we're just kind of sold out again. But which good. is a good thing. But people uh, can go online, coolkidscampaign.org, and they can they can contribute to Cool Kids. They they can uh, you know make their donations to Cool Kids even without playing in the tournament. And John, you, you've seen what we've done in the past with our pairings parties, and and you've been a part of it. You've emceed it in the past, and it it's gone very well. And uh, like I said, we appreciate your help. Hopefully anybody out there watching tonight, if they just want to make a donation to Cool Kids, it's a great cause. And uh, anytime you can help anybody that's less fortunate than you, it's it's always good. Absolutely. All right, Kenny, sorry we had to, we got to kind of cut you off here. Sorry we had a little technical problem. But we're going to have you back on again because there's a lot of baseball coming up. You got that right. And you all sound great, believe me. <laughs> well, good. You do too. Now that we got your mic going, it's yeah. great. Okay. All right, folks. Ken Singleton, and again, the uh, Ken Singleton Celebrity Classic coming up June fourth through the sixth in the Baltimore area in Towson. Go to CoolKidsCampaign.org. Kenny, thank you so much, buddy. We'll be in touch. Okay. Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Take Ken. care. All right. Um, so coming up. Fish and I, and uh, I guess Heidi and Hardison, we're going to wrap up and talk about next week. But I want to tell you about uh, Hope for the Warriors. They have a big celebrity golf event coming up as well, August 27th, 29th. It's in Wallace, North Carolina. Go take a look at that. It's hopeforthewarriors.org. Fish and I, hopefully, going to be there. Just want to tell everybody, thanks for being with us. Remember, Daily Fish is live from Vegas and Myrtle Beach on Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. And uh, we will be at 6 p.m. next week. Uh, we're also on Facebook at daily.fish.5. 
plus the Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. You can catch us on YouTube and Wingding TV. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. Write to us at dailyfish, the number one, at gmail.com. All right. Hey, guys, next week we've got um, we got singer, writer, Michael Shapiro. Singer, yeah. songwriter, Michael Shapiro, headliner in Vegas. He's coming back I've known him for 25 years. He's finally hardline. He got a residency here at the Sahara, which is huge. And Very he does. Cool. He has a band called Reckless in Las Vegas, and he takes songs from the 60s and 70s that are crooner songs, and he makes them into rock and roll songs. It's fantastic. June 30th, I've got a pit pass for Hardline and his wife and me and my wife. Hardline, you're going to love the music he plays from James Brown. He does a whole thing on history of Las Vegas. It's fantastic. Cool. That sounds amazing. <laughs> All right. We are about running out of time. Heidi and uh, Hardline, thanks for sticking around throughout the uh, technical difficulties. We'll see you all next Fun. week. Love you guys. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah.